Welcome to the Political Pharmacist Podcast, the first podcast to focus on the political side of pharmacy. Here's your host, Eric Geyer. Welcome, Political Pharmacist Podcast listeners. This is going to be a little bit of a different show. Uh, I had a lot of the listeners and some past guests kind of submit why they think pharmacists need provider status here in the United States, recognized under Medicare Part B. Uh, there's a sitting U.S. congressman on here. Uh, and there's a few of my friends on here. There's a few of other people who are just random listeners who submitted things. I want to keep this kind of brief, like a 15-minute episode, so this I kind of cut it down to uh, what I thought were some of the best ones here for the messages. But I hope you really enjoyed this podcast, and we're going to start off with Dr. Sandra Leal, the current president of APHA, to kick it off, everyone. Hi, Eric. This is Sandra Leal, and here is my message. Hello. This is Sandra Leal, and I'm president of the American Pharmacists Association, and I am super excited that APHA has dropped the bill in the House and in the Senate to recognize pharmacists for all of the contributions that we provide to the healthcare system. This Medicare provider status recognition will allow for us to be considered eligible providers for quality bills, for value-based care, and for all of the clinical services that we provide. You know, we're doing this several times over now, but what this means is that it's not more work, but it's actually getting more help for the work that we do that we're currently not being recognized for. So please help support this provider status bill. I like to consider it as an eligible provider bill because we can become eligible to be recognized under Medicare where we haven't been recognized before. So please let everybody you know, pharmacists, patients, your family, friends, have them all support this legislation, and let's make sure we get it done. It's our time. We need to be recognized. Thank you so much for your support, and hopefully it happens during my presidential year. It would be incredible. Thank you so much. Hey, Eric, this is Greg. Hey, I'm just leaving a message on about provider status. To me, national provider status means it's our next step that we have to take to evolve pharmacy. It's what we have to get done to allow ourselves to rein in the metrics, to fix some of the problems with patient education, education for our provi- the providers. It's how we maximize patient care, uh, provide cost savings. It's our seat at the table. It's not the holy grail that you know we all think it is it's the path that we have to take to transform pharmacy uh to me it's cost savings for our country better care for our patients maximizing uh other providers ability to take care of patients it helps us fix the job saturation market uh through job creation it's just several things. It means a lot to a lot of different pharmacists, but to me, it is the next step that we have to take to evolve pharmacy. Thanks. Bye. This next caller, uh, didn't leave her name, but it's uh, Dr. Tebony Jewell. My whole life, I've wanted to be in a helping profession. I found my way to the field of pharmacy after much guidance from my family, particularly an aunt who had already started her career. As I worked through my program, it seemed most important to me to grow and maintain relationships with my patients to build a unique level of trust. Over the years, I've seen how important and crucial provider status can be to pharmacists who play entrepreneurial roles as well as being their patient's most successful provider. The dispensing model for independent pharmacists has long been broken. 
The current model glorifies low cost and high volume over quality care. With a reformed or even eliminated PVM model and a move to make pharmacists providers, we can truly become part of the healthcare team to improve patient outcomes. We can make the move to implement clinical areas of pharmacy and medical practice into our workflow without compromising patient care. We can truly shift payment models to outcomes-driven care by increasing access to care. I implore our representatives to think about the big picture, our patients and their health, by advocating for pharmacist provider statuses. Hi, uh, I'm Tony Chacha, and I work at University Hospital St. John Medical Center up in uh, Westlake, Ohio. Um, it's important, it's so important for the expansion of pharmacists and providers. It gives patients more healthcare options. Uh, Patients are not always one-size-fits-all. Some have developed strong relationships and trust with their pharmacists. They may prefer using them for some services, which could lead to improved care. With healthcare deserts throughout the state, uh, giving patients around the corner access to healthcare could lead to additional benefit for them. Um, additionally, some providers are not comfortable in certain areas of healthcare. Um, a willing pharmacist may be able to fill that gap. With the current opioid crisis, coordinating pain management services could help bridge that care, keeping patients more comfortable while avoiding complications and medication misuse. I think the more access points we have, the better off for patient care overall. Um, that's why I think provider status is so important to me. Thanks a lot. Take care. My name is Logan Yoho. I'm Director of Pharmacy at Hopewell Health Centers in Southeastern Ohio. I'm also the Vice President of the Ohio Pharmacists Association. I work in a federally qualified health center. Provider status would mean that I could reach more of the most vulnerable patients and provide them access to quality, affordable health care. Provider shortages are all too common in rural areas, and provider status would mean more providers to give the patients the health care they deserve. Pharmacists are fully trained to provide excellent health care and can augment the services that are provided by other healthcare professionals. Thank you. Hi, everyone. My name is Anthony DeAngelis III, and I am a 2020 graduate working as a community pharmacist with CVS Health. I'm from Rhode Island. I am super excited that a bill for provider status has been reintroduced in the House of Representatives at this time. I am most excited about provider status because it would allow me to showcase the knowledge that I've gained from my doctoral training encompassing these past six years of pharmacy school. Studies have shown that pharmacists and their interventions save the U.S. healthcare system thousands of dollars. After all, we are the drug experts and we can assist in preventing medication errors and detecting dangerous drug interactions. Our interventions have shown uh, that we can prevent hospital admissions or reduce the length of stay. Recognition for Medicare as a healthcare provider will improve patient care drastically for the reasons I just described, and it will allow us to practice at the top of our license. After all, I wanted to become a pharmacist so that I could help people, and what better way to be a national recognized provider? Before pharmacy school, I really didn't know all that I would be able to learn and do, and throughout my time in school and right now, the profession is currently dynamic and ever-changing, and changing quite dramatically. Right now, pharmacists in certain settings can prescribe and make interventions on patients that have different disease states through ways such as collaborative practice agreements, but I believe provider status um, would be amazing because it will allow us to bill directly and get reimbursed under Medicare for services that we are providing as pharmacists. 
I think in the community pharmacy setting, this will be quite amazing because patients see us more often than their doctor and have quite a relationship with us. Many professionals are already recognized under CMS as providers, such as doctors, physician assistants, nurses, and midwives. Pharmacists are the most accessible healthcare providers. Most Americans live within miles of a pharmacy. We still don't have this recognition. I truly think it's time to change that. And as we continue this fight for provider status, I am rooting for our profession, the profession of pharmacy. Hey, Eric. It's Sean Bjorndal calling to uh, give you a reason why pharmacists should be providers or have provider status. I I think of patients like my mom. Um, She's type 2 diabetic, she's had a liver transplant, she's on a lot of medications, and the impact, I mean, she would greatly benefit from having one-on-one time with a pharmacist, setting up monthly um, monthly cons- consulting sessions to where they go in, look at her meds, look at her A1C, look at any of the problems that she's having, and she would be a lot better. Hopefully, we, we could see a, really a decrease in that A1C and, and more compliance to the medications that she's taking, and also just you know, going over diet and nutrition, things like that. That's one one area she she needs a lot of help. Where a pharmacist could really help her out. Lot lots of lots of examples like that. My name is Dr. Victoria Reinhardt. I am a professor and an innovator in pharmacist care with over a decade of experience. My model of bringing pharmacist expertise into patient homes to identify disease management gaps and drug interactions has been recognized by the United States Public Health Service and a variety of national entities. Over the course of about three years or so, I have been able to identify over 1,000 medication-related problems in my community, from duplicating drugs to wrong medication doses to drug interactions causing patient harm. And I'm pretty good at my job, so about 86 or so percent of the time, I am able to reconnect that patient to a local physician, establish them in primary care, communicate with that physician, and then resolve that issue to improve that patient's outcome. But about 14% of the time, there aren't enough local physicians or specialists, or the patient is uninsured, or their physician or their specialist doesn't understand the drug interaction and, and needs a pharmacist on their team. Sometimes that patient is disabled and unable to get to their local physician. And about 14% of the time, I'm forced to watch that patient suffer. Because as a clinically trained pharmacist capable of solving this patient's crisis here and today, I did not have the licensure status which would allow me to lower the dose of their medication, to order the lab work they need, to start insulin for a diabetic, to modify their medication regimen where a patient is experiencing harm from a dangerous drug interaction. 14% of the time, my patient got sicker, they were often hospitalized, and some of them eventually died. Pharmacists are not only medication experts, which should be compensated for their expertise. Pharmacists are not only providers, which should be billing for their chronic disease management. Pharmacists are your safety net. Help us improve your community's health and help us make sure that your mother, your child, and that you don't fall into that 14% category. Thank you. This is Amelia. I'm a pharmacy student graduating into a pretty saturated job market, as you know. I, during school, thought that I wanted to do community pharmacy, but I realized about halfway through that my hands are tied there because I have so many things that I could do for my patients. But I can't make money on them, so there's there's no way for me to do that. 
So one of the things that I think provider status will do is allow community pharmacies, who are often the most accessible healthcare provider in a rural community, like the one that I grew up in, it'll allow community pharmacies to provide services that rural communities need. Testing for diabetes and hyperlipidemia, offering vaccines, in addition, offering vaccines for children, which is something in my state that we cannot do, um, HIV testing, point of care testing, all of those things that we could do if we could bill for services. And that's the main point is I want to take care of people, but I can't fund my salary without provider status. As we navigate the final stretch of the COVID-19 pandemic, it is crucial that we have an open and easily accessible testing program. With over half a million pharmacists in the United States and over 95% of all Americans living within five miles of a pharmacy, pharmacists represent the largest untapped medical profession to utilize for testing purposes. This is because currently pharmacists are prevented from administering COVID-19 and flu tests in the majority of states across the country. That testing is largely limited to physicians, nurse practitioners, and physician assistants. In order to safely get back to our normal lives, we need to change this. I believe that pharmacists should be recognized as non-physician providers under Medicare Part B in order to conduct and bill for COVID-19 and flu tests during the pandemic and help utilize their full potential post-PHE. Significant progress has been made, but we need legislation to address the statutory limitations prohibiting pharmacists from fully participating in Medicare. As a pharmacist serving in Congress, I have long been a champion for supporting legislation to do just this. I'm proud to tell you that last week, I introduced legislation that will recognize pharmacists as health providers and allow state licensed pharmacists in medically underserved areas to provide and be reimbursed for patient care services under Medicare Part B. If pharmacists were recognized under Medicare, we could greatly increase preventative care and decrease Medicare costs. If we've learned anything from the COVID-19 pandemic is that we should be utilizing every health professional to their fullest extent. And Medicare is far behind in utilizing the full scope of services pharmacists are trained to provide. I will continue my effort to make sure every American has affordable and accessible testing close to home. I hope everyone really enjoyed this episode. Something a little different here, trying to give people some reasons why provider status is important from different perspectives and kind of what in a minute or two of what it meant to them. So hope you guys can take this, share it, and people can kind of hear it and let it resonate with them. And this is something that really stands out. It's something different that how it, provider status really means something different to everyone in pharmacy. Uh, I'll give you guys mine before I go, but I think provider status is kind of, one, our way to really help better take care of patients and drive down costs in this country and keep people out of ERs. I've said that numerous times on the podcast, and I'll continue to preach that until I'm proven wrong since the data seems to support otherwise, as Dr. Victoria Reinhardt said earlier in the podcast. I also think that this is the way that we kind of take back our profession from the metrics and the Wall Streets of the world, if you will, that, yeah, they still have a little bit of a role there, but we should also have a role in helping use our knowledge to better America and to save money. And we should also be compensated well for that, as we've all seen wages kind of dive in the market tank for pharmacy, as a few other callers referenced earlier in the uh, the episode. So that's kind of why I think it's important. I I can't say enough how many times that me as a pharmacist, I've been able to call and answer or say what's going to happen, whether it be in an ER in a certain situation or whether it's something else that I've just seen at, at retail. And that's something that a lot of people, you know, I know that in ER is very different, but we need to keep people who can be helped at retail out of those ERs. And, you know, I've recently had some issues with my daughter. We've had to go in there and 
I basically knew what was going to happen when we went in. And, you know, one time it was definitely something that I could have probably handled at retail, even though she's pretty young. And then another one was something that we definitely knew we needed some more IV and some more intensive care issues with things like that. But that was something that, hey, you know, one time I probably could have avoided one ER visit uh, for her and a lot of stress that me and my wife had to go through in hours of waiting and waiting and waiting. If you've ever been to ER recently, you know how this is. So I hopefully you get, listeners can take this, uh, share it, and everyone can kind of expand and think kind of differently outside of what they think or what they've seen to really understand what provider status is and kind of what it could be. So as always, thanks for listening to Political Pharmacist Podcast, your prescription for pharmacy and politics. Thank you.